Welcome everyone, live from the Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her live on Academy Live. My name is Grace and my co-hosts today are Grace M, Estelle and Freddie. Our special guest today is Effie. Hi Effie, welcome to the show. Hi Grace, it's fantastic to be here. It's a real honour and a privilege to be back at the Academy. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Um, I'd like to start, if I could, by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging, and to any Indigenous people that might be listening to our podcast today. Thank you. Um, So, Effie, you founded Small Chili Marketing. What led you into marketing? Sure. I... Uh, began my studies. I did a Bachelor of Business Marketing at Monash University. Um, I actually uh, was a student here at the Academy and did my VCE year or my year 12 year here at the Academy of Mary Immaculate and um, was fortunate enough to get a place uh, to study a Bachelor of Business Marketing at Monash. I also studied Banking and Finance at Monash and I really enjoyed marketing. Um, It was a really interesting um, uh, subject area. It was really diverse. It allowed me to use my creativity as well as my analytical skills, lots of writing skills, lots of report writing. um, And it was a really um, interesting area that I thought would be a great pathway in terms of um, a career pathway as well. So um, marketing, just to explain to maybe some of the listeners that might not know or might think, oh, well, what, what exactly is marketing? Um, so marketing is really the business of um, the activities that we perform in order to promote both products and services. So that can be all sorts of things. And you've probably woken up today and had Um, marketing touch you in five or six different ways. You've probably listened to a radio ad um, on the way to school or in the car. So radio advertising, Um, you may have used social media today. So there's social media marketing and advertising. Um, There's things like website copy. Uh, So television ads, um, marketing is pretty much everywhere. You can, you know, see it in um, you know, direct marketing, leaflets that might be um, put into your letterbox, etc. They're all different types of marketing. And marketing is not just advertising, but it's really the strategic side of thinking about how we can get in front of or identifying who our key customers would be or our ideal customers and what are the types of things that we could do to get in front of them and get our products and services in front of them. Your business also teaches people like how to run a business. Mm -hmm. Why are you so passionate about business management and educating others about it? Yeah, sure, for sure. I am really passionate about particularly females um, becoming business owners um, and following that pathway. I was fortunate enough to connect in with a client of mine that's a not-for-profit organisation known as the Brotherhood of St Lawrence or BSL and you guys may know um, BSL. So they're an organisation that helps disadvantaged people and they were a client of mine and 
during my time working with them, there was an opportunity to work on a women's program, which was a women's empowerment program where they would connect women from disadvantaged backgrounds, often women that were migrant, asylum seeker um, or refugee women that were newly arrived to Australia, and they would connect them in with a mentor and put them on a training program to help them. These women had a business idea, but they just didn't even know where to start. And they're like, I've got this great idea. You know, maybe they created beautiful um, handbags or craft or jewellery or perhaps they, you know, had all these skills in terms of, um, you know, beauty or they had some other ideas, some other big ideas about um, what they wanted to do in their business. They just were lost. They didn't know how to start or where. So the Brotherhood would connect them in with a business mentor and that business mentor would help them. And then they'd put them on a training program. So they'd teach them about budgeting and financial literacy. They'd teach them about what it takes to operate a business. They'd teach them about, um, you know, how to market their business. And I was involved in that and I would run workshops for these women to tell them about marketing because it's all fantastic that you've got a product but if nobody knows about it and you can't sell it and you, you can't actually have a transaction so that this business makes money for you, for you to be able to survive and provide for your family, it's it's not going to go anywhere and you'll probably give it away. So it was really um, a great opportunity for me to work with those women um, and sort of assist them um, and watch them grow in this training program and really sort of um, start their businesses and thrive in their businesses. We know that you also is this we know that you also co-founded the Northern Multicultural Small Business Award. Can you tell us about this? Oh, absolutely. So at the time, again, with my, one of my colleagues from the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence, there was an opportunity to run a event as part of the Small Business Victoria Festival. That's what it was called at the time. That's now been taken over by uh, a government department called Business Victoria. And what we could see was that in Australia at the time, people had some really sort of diverse views on refugees and asylum seekers. And when you think about refugees and asylum seekers, a lot of these people have come from incredibly difficult circumstances. They've come from war-torn countries. Um, they may be, may be you know, they may have fled persecution um, and they're some of the most vulnerable people um, coming to Australia. And so we thought that it was really important to showcase the success stories and the people that had overcome all of these challenges and done something really incredible like start a business. And instead of taking jobs, they were creating jobs. Mm. And they would be the first role models for other people that had come from these difficult circumstances who might have language barriers or English as an additional language who would then say, oh, my God, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. If she can do it and she's from Iran or she's from, 
um, you know, potentially Sudan or somewhere like that and he's a woman of colour, maybe I can do it too. So my colleague, uh, Rebecca Pinney-Meddings, who's from the Brotherhood and is still um, uh, working in the financial inclusion area of, of the Brotherhood of St Lawrence, we both co-founded the Northern Multicultural Small Business Awards, which were an awards program to reward and recognise outstanding and business excellence of people that were from migrant, refugee and asylum seeker backgrounds, so small business owners in that space. We actually took that a little bit further because what we identified was after the first year we ran it, there were all these men that were happy to put their hands up and say, I'm great, I'm, you know, this is my business, it's wonderful. And we're looking through all the submissions and it's like, where are the women? Yeah. Where are the females? What's going on? So what we did is we incorporated a brand new category to try to promote women more, which we called the Women's Small Business Champion Award. And therefore, the following few years, we were actually able to encourage more females to apply and to recognise the work that some of these amazing, incredible women that had some really tough, you know, journeys to get to where they were, um, we were able to just in incredibly um, uh, promote their businesses and award them and reward them for their uh, efforts. Yeah. Yep. Who or what influenced you and inspired you to get involved with small businesses and business management? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think my own curiosity um, inspired me to get involved in small business. I've always had quite a curious uh, nature and I always sort of thought, wonder what it would be like to run my own business. I've worked in industry for long enough. I've got some good skills. Wasn't quite feeling super confident, but I thought, I wonder what it would be like. Maybe it'd be really exciting and interesting. And I was fortunate enough to go to a session that was uh, actually an International Women's Day event that was being run at the Langham, Langham Hotel here in Melbourne. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Carmen's Muesli bars. You might have them yeah, in yeah, your yeah, lunchboxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever eaten her products? And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Caroline, Carolyn Creswell, who is the founder of Carmen's Fine Foods, who makes those muesli bars and muesli and a lot of our breakfast stuff that we eat <laughs> for breakfast, was at this event and she was such an inspiring speaker and she said, I was 18 and I didn't know a thing and I was working for this muesli business and my parents, I went home and said to my parents, they're selling the business and I'm going to be out of a job and I think I want to buy it. Will you help me? And they said yes and she purchased the business for $1,000 and now her products are in 35 different countries around the world. Wow. Wow. So girls, if you've got an idea... Just back yourselves. Be, you know what? I've got a dream. I've got this big hairy goal that's, you know, this super crazy goal. And I don't care. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to go for it. And she's been able to create this multi million dollar business. And she also has the ability to, you know, have flexibility in her job. And she's an incredible parent as well. So, you know, she is sort of role modeling that you can have both a family life as well as, um, you know, being an incredible uh, businesswoman as well. Yeah. 
So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Be Like Her live on Academy Live, live from the Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Grace and my co-hosts for today are Grace, M, Estelle and Freddie. Our special guest today is Effie Tanani. So Effie, um, what experience did you have growing up that inspired you to do the work that you now do? Oh, that's an interesting question. I have to say that here at the Academy was probably the very first time that I understood the importance of community service and going out and serving the community and doing more for the community. And I think that you guys still have a connection in with one of the organisations that I did some um, community service for and it was St Mary's House of Welcome. Yeah. Which is, yeah, do you know yeah. it? Yeah. Have you guys been there? No, my sister's done work there though. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What about you girls? Have you yeah. done any community service work while you've been at Academy? Our year level can't do it yet, but the older year levels do and they like go out and like make like pancakes for them and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, going there sort of really opened up my eyes to the importance of um, being compassionate, being of service to the community and doing more than just what you're paid to do when you work or you know, you're expected to do as a student. It was also about, okay, well, what contribution, you know, can I give to my community? So that sort of that sort of stuff was really kind of important and foundational in terms of me um, understanding that, you know, it was important to also give back and do things for others, yeah. How does your work with young migrant women improve their lives and the community in general? Okay, so a couple of examples of the work that I've done with migrant women was back when I was working at the Department of Health and Human Services, I worked with this very dynamic director who was called Anne Wern and she was incredibly um, a very compassionate and caring leader and she was a great role model but she was also very connected in with um being a volunteer and doing lots of pro bono work. She was working um, as a mentor on a program that was called the Given the Chance program. Now that program was a program that worked with underprivileged men and women that were newly arrived to Australia that were looking for work placements. Um, Often they'd need help with interviews, they'd need help with writing a resume and I ended up being volunteering and becoming a mentor and I worked with women from Sudan, Ethiopia, Eritrea, uh, Iraq and Iran and many of these women I was actually able to supervise them on work placements within government. I was very fortunate to have her supporting that because it would have been very difficult probably in private sector for me to do what I was doing. But we were able to give these women their very first opportunities to get work. That meant the first step in into an Australian workforce and the first opportunity to get somebody locally to be able to be a reference, okay? And that helped with them whether the pathway was that they'd go back to uni and – you know, do more study or whether the pathway for them was that they'd go into the workforce, it was that very first bit of help that they needed to, to sort of assist them. And I and I will never forget this. There was a, a particular woman named Zara who was from Iran who was so grateful. She wrote this incredible letter to myself and to Anne thanking us and she gave us this beautiful, um, uh, it was a, a – 
a piece of artwork that was from a female Iranian artist to say thank you and she said, this has changed my life and the penny dropped and I went, wow. Yeah. So that was the first time when I went, what I'm doing seems a little bit sort of insignificant or it's a small thing that I'm doing in my mind but the impact that it can have on someone else who has arrived to a country, is facing all of these barriers and just needs a chance, needs to be given a chance, right, is, is enormous. So, yeah, so that was one of the drivers. Those sorts of experience really drove those things. Yeah. Um, what challenges have you faced in this work? Ooh, so ch- lots of challenges in... Um, being a woman in 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 general in marketing and in my uh, career, you know, even things like uh, you know work life balance and managing a family and finding the time to be able to balance career with family, um, that's definitely been a challenge. Um, other things like uh, you know my own cultural background and sort of um, family expectations and cultural expectations around you know, caregiving and, you know, a, a woman's role um, have been, you know, sort of challenging and sort of pushing against some of those um, expectations or those traditional roles that people expect you to, to, to follow. There have been challenges. Finding mentors who looked like me were female, same sort of, uh, you know, ethnic background, that was a challenge. So finding you know, mentors to sort of look up to and kind of go, oh, okay, if that person can do it, maybe I can do it. Um, and constantly needing to, you know, build my skills and build my confidence and actually say, I have got lots to contribute. I, and I am, you know, you know, being confident in yourself that you are an expert in your field. Um, that takes a lot of sort of courage and, um, you know, it took a long time for me to feel comfortable in my own skin around that. What challenges do women face in marketing and has this changed over time? If so, how? Yeah, sure, Freddie. Um, women in marketing, thankfully the industry was less male dominant than some of the more traditional male uh, industries like construction or mining. So even back when I was at uni, it was a little bit more balanced and you did find girls and women studying marketing. Um, So there were challenges. I remember um, one of my very first roles, um, I was on um, my very first position as a graduate was at an, it was actually at Accenture, which is a global management consulting firm. And I was recruited into Accenture. I was four, there was four women out of a a group of about 20 that started because Accenture was um, a management consulting firm that um, focused on um, lots of IT, information technology and sort of technical work. So it was quite male dominated there. But again, I was lucky enough to see that there was a female partner at the time by the name of Jane Hempstridge, who was in a leadership position. But this was the sort of the changing of the time tide. You're sort of asking, you know, how, how's it changed? Well, she was the very first female partner to be the uh, managing director of the Asia-Pacific region, and that was in 2004, okay? So it was during my time, 
my sort of career. So that's and then when we think about how things have changed and how leadership's changed, if we think about leaders beyond um, the marketing field, we can think about the leaders of Australia. Julia Gillard didn't become Prime Minister till 2010. So the tide is turning. The playing field is becoming a lot more level. But back when I began, we were one of fewer Okay, but there were people ahead of us that were paving the way, which was fabulous. But what I can see now is that more and more women are now um, able to get into those leadership positions. I think what's changed is flexible work arrangements, um, awareness. So organisations are very aware of um, the gender inequity that was going on. you know, flexible work arrangements, paid maternity and paternity leave. So a lot of the policies are changing as well. So that sort of thing enables women, things like job share, enables women to be able to come back and reconnect in and, you know, rejoin the workforce. How do you ensure that your company maintains such a positive reputation? Okay, recruit the right people with the right value system. That's super important for me. So, you know, the work we do, we do work with, you know, several not-for-profits. We work with organisations that help um, people with disabilities um, and having the right attitude is really important. So surrounding myself with the right sort of um, people in my team that have similar values is is um, super important. Connecting in with my clients and making sure that they're always happy with our services is also really important. So, you know, checking in, running surveys, you know, giving them a call, following up and making sure that they're happy with what we've delivered um, it just helps me ensure and helps my team ensure that we've always delivered great quality services to them. Yeah. Um, your business is located in Melbourne. What do you hope to achieve in your career in the future? Sure. Yes, it is. Um, the business is located in Melbourne. With our office is over in Kew East. Um, in my career, what do I hope to achieve? Uh, I really hope that um, we continue to deliver outstanding service to our clients and really help grow their businesses and. I really hope that by doing the work that I do, that I do inspire others to 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 follow their dreams and their path. And if that is that they want to run a business, that they do so. Um, I'm really proud to say that I've also had RMIT students come in and do internships um, and that as well has sort of created, you know, the next generation of, of marketers out there. So that's, that's sort of really um, important to me as well. Um, so what was the end of that question? Because I can't remember the last bit you asked. Um, how, so how do I? What do you hope to achieve in your career? Oh, what I hope to achieve in my career. Yeah, so in terms of hoping to achieve or a legacy that I'd like to leave behind, it would be that um, we start thinking about, you know, newly arrived people to Australia and our thoughts um, around refugees and, you know, understanding that these are vulnerable people that need, um, you know, opportunities to resettle so that they can contribute to community again um, is really important. Um, and, 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 and just on that, we, 
really need to start thinking about, um, you know, being compassionate and caring for people that are in difficult circumstances. Unfortunately, we had um, back in 2013, the Australian government decided to um, uh, use offshore uh, detention centres um, for people that were seeking asylum and there, there are still 80 refugees stuck in Papua New Guinea. So, um, Estelle, how old are you now? 14. 14. Yeah. So for a decade, think of yourself as a 24-year-old coming out of a detention centre. Right? Mm-hmm. These people have been stuck there for over 10 years and it's time that we, uh, you know, talk to our um, MPs and urge them to urgently evacuate these people that have been stuck mm. for 10 years yeah. with no, um, you know, no sort of, uh, you know, uncertainty about their futures. So that, if we can get that message out, I, feel, I will feel like we've done a, an important job in advocating for people that don't have a voice themselves. Yeah. Yep. You're an ex-Mercy student. What impact do you think that going to an all-girls school had on you, especially a Mercy school? Sure. Um, the academy sort of gave us this a great uh, foundational, um, you know, understanding that as a female you could pretty much do anything you put your mind to. Okay, we were always encouraged to do our best, and that sky's the limit. Whatever, if you can dream about it, if that's your goal, go after it. So we were always encouraged to do our best. We were always encouraged to dream big. So that was really important. The other thing that the school taught us was, you know, kindness, compassion, service to others. And I think, and they're sort of the fundamental Christian values that the school taught, and they're values that are important in you know, whether you're Christian or not, doesn't matter what denomination of religion, they're sort of important values that we can take out into our communities of actually being good people, yeah, yeah? and just being, you know, really sort of proud that we've been taught um, some values that um, make us really sort of valuable in a workplace, in a university, in anything, in any volunteer work we do. Um, so they're the sorts of things that I think the Academy's done. And um, lots of different subject offerings to sort of allow us to kind of, you know, think, oh, you know, maybe I could do, maybe I could become a psychologist or maybe I could do, you know, drama or what have you. Nothing was ever off the table, which I thought was a good thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, Effie. It's been a great pleasure talking to you today and you're really inspirational. Live from Academy of Mary Immaculate in Melbourne, Australia, you've been listening to Be Like Her Live on Academy Live. My name is Grace and my co-hosts today were Grace, M, Estelle and Freddie. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Fantastic. Thanks, girl.